0: Amen. Good to see you all. You guys look awesome. Come on, you look awesome this morning. So good to see you all here on this beautiful Sunday morning out here in beautiful Butte, Montana. Amen. And uh, looking over this valley and looking onto the mountains and enjoying Jesus and the outdoors. And I think we're blessing our neighbors. I hope they feel the same way about all this. Amen. So I have something I want to show you. I have something uh, you guys know that I'm, I'm kind of into saying something every once in a while. So I wore this shirt today because I, there, I had this feeling I might need to wear this f- to get your attention. And So I'm going to flash you right now. So, so this says, can I get a good amen out there? That's what, that's what this says. So don't make me don't make me do it i want to hear no calm down calm down this is not the club amen uh rich and carol henningson bought me made me this shirt a number of years ago they they said that you say it enough we're going to make it into a shirt so hey uh obviously we we're glad you came out today we just want you to know that we're here on wednesday nights as well at seven o'clock and usually Uh, We do worship and we do a teaching. We're right now talking about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about tongues. What was tongues? What's the significance of tongues for the Christian in today's world and in today's time? And uh, we are firm believers that the gifts of the Spirit are still as vital today as they were 2,000 years ago. And uh, so we, that's kind of, uh, just to let you know, that's kind of our direction with it. But anyway, we talked about that this coming Wednesday night. I want to invite you to come out and be with us. We're going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to be talking about spiritual gifts. And um, so that's what we're going to be talking about this Wednesday. We start at 7. We're usually done by 8.30 and afterwards we have some, you know, usually, I think last week we had watermelon, wasn't it watermelon, so... I don't know what we're going to do. We just always look forward to what Michonne prepares for us. And so, there's going to be something afterward this, this Wednesday. We are in, right now in a series entitled, What's in Your Bag? Would you say that with me? What's in your bag? And the first week, we talked about five smooth stones that we need to be collecting throughout our life for the battles and the giants we're going to face. We need to be putting five smooth stones of God's uh, truths into our bags, so to speak, because you never know when you're going to hit up on a giant in your life, some battle in your life. Uh, Last week, we talked about this idea that sometimes we put into our bags things that aren't supposed to be there, and we talked about unpacking the burdens in our bags, and today, I want to talk about bags of gold. What's in your bag? Well, I hope you know that you, you have a bag full of gold, and uh, I want to prove that here in just a moment, and I'm going to read Matthew 25, but before I do that, I want to pray, and uh, I especially want to pray, so I'm going to look at John over here, just make sure I got my information right. There is a pastor in town, his name is John, his wife's name is Lorna. Uh, Lorna was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer, and then John... Her husband uh, fell, hit his head, was taken to the emergency room. We don't know any more than that right now, do we? Yes, and yes. yes. Praise God. The prayer last night only is a minor concussion. Okay. I twisted ankle, sprained ankle. He fell off an extension and led it to a collapse. So I mean, praise God, that's all. Thank you, Mike, I'm for. Today. Amen. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that with us. Can we pray for our brothers and sisters? Uh, right now, and then we'll pray over this. But Father, we just lift up to you right now, John and Lorna, Lord, who are going through some very tragic things in their life. Thank you, first of all, Lord, for sparing John's life, for that the fact that this is only a minor concussion. And we pray, God, for quick recovery in his, um, in his head, we pray, and in his body. If there's any other aches and pains, we pray for him, Lord, that you would touch him. God, that you surround him with your peace and heal him by your power. And Lord, together right now, we agree for healing. We curse this cancer in his wife's body. We come against it in the name of Jesus. And we pray for complete, full healing in the name of Jesus. You said by his stripes, you were healed. And so we claim that and pray that. For her in Jesus' name. And Lord, bless the word today, we pray. Open up our ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Let us see what you have invested in us, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. 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 So Matthew 25, uh, just for starters, I want to read just a few verses of Scripture to kind of get us going. It's Matthew 25 beginning at verse 14, and this is in the NIV, which is very rare for me. So... Uh, It says here, again, it, that is the kingdom of heaven, will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. And the man who had received the five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, read this with me, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. That's the word. I'm just going to stop right there for now, and uh, we'll pick up with more of, the, of this as we move along For starters, you don't have to answer me out loud, but let me just ask a couple of questions just to kind of get us thinking about where we're going to be going here today. How how do you feel right now about your life? Just think on that for just a moment. How do you feel about where you are, what's up in your life, what's going on in your life? Do you feel like you are moving confidently toward what you thought was a desired goal? Or do you feel like you're just drifting along without any sense of real purpose or direction? How do you really feel about where you're at? So many of us, when we first started out in life or maybe in our life with Jesus, when we first started out, we were excited about life, but in the process of time, the glory faded. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And we were once full of faith and vitality, and we slowly began to change. We became disillusioned with life's problems. Maybe we lost our hunger for God or the things of God, and we started growing empty on the inside, maybe stale spiritually. And for some of us, we just lost interest. We used to be so much more interested in things. We used to be more interested in the Bible. We used to be more enthusiastic about prayer. We used to be more involved in church in our life, but over time, things happened. We got discouraged. We lost our enthusiasm, and if we're honest, many of us can say we even grew a little apathetic, spiritually speaking. We became complacent, and we just kind of... we. And now, as a result of this, we feel stuck, and we don't feel like our lives have a lot of significance. And so, essentially, what what I think has happened to us is that we've lost sight of who God has made us to be, and we're no longer intentionally and actively pursuing God's will for our life. It's like we're going through the motions of our Christianity, and we haven't really lost our salvation. We're just not fired up about it anymore, and we don't see kind of what God has really made us to be. We're not really going after what we feel like God had for us in the very beginning. And so let me just speak some words of truth to you right here, I think that are really important. If we're not happy about the way things are going in our life, that is likely because we have settled for life as it is right now. We can blame a lot of other people. We can say it's the circumstances, it's a pandemic, it's who's in office. We can blame Whatever, we can blame a lot of other things. That's not the problem from where, for where I'm at right now. I've, if I don't like where I'm at, I have likely settled for where I'm at. And I think too, what happens is that we lose sight of the fact that we've got a lot more going for us than we do have coming against us. There's still a verse in the Bible that says, Greater is He... That is in you. Come on, finish it with me. Than he that is in the world. Don't make me. No. Greater is he. You have so much more going for you. Than you do having coming against you. And we don't realize sometimes all that God has put it within us. And this is why I love this parable. Because a parable was a way that Jesus would speak to us, to his disciples, and thereby to every one of us. He would speak in very natural-like stories, but he was giving heavenly principles. And so what he was saying was, he was showing us, he was painting a picture through a story. You're, you're not supposed to take parables necessarily literal. I mean, you can in a little, in a little bit of a way, but really, they're, they're really more of a, a, a spiritual principle that he wants us to understand. And so he talks about talents. He's not talking about people being talented, per se, because the word talent comes from a Greek word that literally means, it's a, it's a, a reference to an exchange in currency, It would have to do with gold or silver or copper. And depending on who you read, what commentary you look at, they'll tell you that different people will tell you the amounts mean different things. So, But I like this one. This is the commentary that I was reading. They said a talent is worth about 20 years of basic wage. And so if that's the case... Uh, I just did a little, I and don't, don't fact check me too hard on this, uh, because I did a little bit of figuring, and if, if you go by a basic salary, which I realize in today's culture might be a little low, but let's call it $30,000, 20 years, five times. That man that got five bags of gold, or five, yeah, five bags of gold, was given over $3,500,000. And that's a lot of money. Turn to somebody and tell them, "I'd like to have a little bit of that myself." I mean, what would you do with bags of gold that come out to three million, five hundred, six hundred thousand dollars? This is the what. The, see, what Jesus Jesus isn't talking necessarily about money. You can make application of it that way, but really, what he's saying is, "I want you to see." The worth and the value of what I have put in your life. I'm leaving this world. I'm going on a long journey. And I'm not going to be here. But let me tell you something. I have not left you without anything. I have put a lot of good things in your life. I put a lot of value in you. I put a lot of worth in you. And I really want you to get a grip of that. A hold on that. Even the man with one talent got over $600,000. He got over 60,0. I would still settle for that. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? So this is big time stuff. Jesus, listen, Jesus doesn't invest in stocks, he invests in stewards, you and me. That's where he put his investment. And he's looking for a mighty powerful return. But if, it, if we're gonna bring him a return, we've got to realize what he's put in within within us. And put it to use in our life. I want you to see what Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Paul says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, read it with me, blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You are blessed more than you realize. There is so much more blessing in you and me than we really ever tap into. Paul went on to say in that same chapter of that same book later, he said, I'm praying that you would understand the inheritance of the riches in the saints. I want you to see what God has put in your life. I just, you ever heard of that phrase, uh, somebody say, there's gold in them there hills? Well, there's (laughs) gold in you. Amen. Turn to somebody and say, you look like a big bag of gold to me. Go ahead and... So today, what I want to talk about is I want to talk about your potential in Christ. There is so much potential in you and me today. We need to really get a hold, get a hold of the bags of gold that Jesus has imparted into our lives. So to live in our full potential, I had this little uh, acronym or acrostic or whatever you call it, and it's the word gold. Everybody say gold. You're golden, all right? So remember this, G-O-L-D. So first of all, to to live in our full potential in Christ, G stands for gifts. We need to embrace the gifts that God has given to us. You and I need to take hold of what the Lord has already given to us. Okay? Okay? The man went on a long journey. He called his three stewards to him, his three servants, and he says, I am giving you out of my wealth. It's my wealth, but I'm entrusting it to you. I'm giving you what belongs to me. I'm giving it to you. And I want you to take hold of it, and I want you to work it, I want you to fully embrace it. I want you to do, in my absence, what I would do with it if I were here. This is really important. You have received gifts from the Father. You have received gifts from the Son. And there are gifts of the Holy Spirit that are available to anyone who would earnestly desire those gifts. It isn't a matter if I got a gift or not. It's only a matter if I'm going to embrace what God has given to me. I'm going to take a hold of it. And so what what does the parable say? He said, I've given you out of my wealth. And so the Bible says that the one who received five went right out, and he put it to work, and he made five more. The one who received two went right out, and he made two more. The one who received one went and hid it and buried it in the ground. And there's a whole lot of God's children taking what God has invested into them and hiding it away, sitting on it, putting it off to the side, talking about how they don't have gifts. The only problem is with that, the the first two and the last one is the last one didn't embrace it. Come on. He didn't take hold of it. And I'm here to remind every one of us that everything we have belongs to God, but He has entrusted it to us to fulfill His purpose for His glory, and they're called gifts. You have gifts? And hey, check this out. You are a gift. Come on, that's good news. Now, somebody don't want to open you up, but they're just missing out. Because you are a gift. Look at this. James said, every good and perfect gift is from where? Above. Above. And it comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation nor shadow of turning. In other words, God didn't turn off the gift light. The light of His gifts is still shining upon you. He still imparted them to you. The only problem is I may not be doing anything with it. And so 1 Peter chapter 4 we need to understand this. I want you to see this. Each of you should use whatever gift. Peter doesn't even assume that you don't think you have them. He's just telling you you do have them. Here's what you do with it. He said each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as a faithful steward of God's grace in its various forms. Listen, you are gifted by God. Jesus has put His gifts in you. Father God has put His gifts in you. You have gifts in your life, and God wants you to use it. Everybody say, use it. it. Listen, you use it or you lose it. The man who hid it, the man who ultimately said, I don't want to do anything with it. I'm not going to do anything with it. Eventually, he loses it. It's in the Bible. Are you hearing me way back there? Amen. And so, no, that's okay. He says, so here's what you need to know. Every child of God is gifted by God. We're going to be talking about gifts on Wednesday night. This just happened to fall in line. It wasn't even planned. So that tells you how anointed this is. And also, to get good at your gifts, you have to use them. If you want to get good at it, just start working it. Come on, if you want to lose your flabbiness, start working out. Not that anybody here is flabby. But just in case. Your gifts are not for your pleasure. They're for the purpose of benefiting other people all around you. Take a look to the person to the right and to the left. That's who your gift is for. Come on. That's who your gift is for. People around you. People you like and people you don't like. God didn't give you His gifts out of the wealth of of His being just for you to say, look at me, look what I can do. Look how how prestigious, look how powerful I am. No, it's not about you. It's about everybody else around you. It's not for your benefit. It's for their benefit. Amen. Your gift is God basically showing up in your life And showing off through your life. It's God manifesting his presence in your life. Isn't that good news? So if you you just need to know. You have the gold of the gifts of God in you. Here's the second thing. O stands for opportunities. Basically meaning we need to step up to the opportunity that God has set before us. The master was going on a long journey. And he left his business in the hands of his stewards. In essence, what he did, he said, now listen, I'm going away. I'm not going to be here any longer. And so I'm just, he didn't even get real specific with them. He just said, here's my resources given to you. Now steward them and make them multiply, bring back a good return so that when I come back, we can settle accounts. And so the Bible doesn't go into detail on what they did and how they did it and how much that, you know, they didn't, it doesn't go into details because the master opened the door to them to go out and do his business while he's gone. Now this is really important because this is where a lot of people begin to shut down. We can almost accept the fact that I've got gifts. Okay, you say i got gifts. I think i got gifts. I don't feel very good at my gifts, but it's a gift. I'll take it. I have a gift. Now what do I do with it? And so we start thinking, well, I, I think maybe I'll do this. And then we start, Whoa! I don't know. That, that doesn't look safe at all. That doesn't seem like a good idea. Or we step out and somebody doesn't accept it. Somebody kind of abuses it. Somebody messes with our gift. That we were trying to give to them and we get hurt and we get offended and we pull back and we shut ourselves down and we feel like we can't go anywhere and do anything. I just want you to know, I'm going to go ahead and give you the scripture. Revelation chapter 3 verse 8. Jesus said, I know your works. See, everybody say "See." see. See, I have set before you an open door. And no one can shut it. And I love this. For you have little strength. You're not very strong in and of yourself. But you don't need to be. Because I opened the door. And what door I open, no man can shut it. I've given to you, I'm giving you opportunities for your life. If you will just begin to walk through the door. Get up off of your duff and go to the next room. That's what... Jesus is saying so so he said you have kept my word you have not denied my name thank you for being faithful to me thank you for being a Christian thank you for being a follower but I want you to walk through the door I want you to take advantage of the life that I've given you I want you to go to the places that you can only imagine I want you to start pouring and investing into people's lives how you dream about it and think, oh, that's not for me. That's for everybody else. No, it's for you. Yeah. If it's in your heart, if it's in your head, if it's in your spirit, it's for you. Amen. Amen. I'm doing a lot of yelling here today. I, I love this. G, G, yeah, it's a shirt. Amen. No, Jesus did not give any word of correction to this church, in, the, in the, uh, John to the church at Philadelphia. They lived in a culture that was far from God. They were battling false teachers within the church. How many know we got this stuff going on today? We live in a culture far from God. In the church today, there are people who are not teaching the purity of the gospel and the message and the word of God. They were facing the very same thing. And, And Jesus says to them, but still, and also he said, he, he actually said a verse later, he said, and you live in a town where Satan's throne Ooh. <laughs> Let me say that again. He said, you live in a town where the throne of Satan is. But still, the door is open. There's nothing that can stop you from walking through. You just need to get up and go. Amen. So how do we take advantage of these golden opportunities God gives us? How do we do this? Well, I think we need to conceptualize. He said you need to see that I have set before you an open door. Paul said, and this won't come up on the, scre- uh, up on the screen because it came too late to me. But 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10 say, But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. You ain't seen nothing yet. That's what he's saying. But God has revealed them to us by the Holy Spirit. See, this is one of the reasons why the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit is so essential to us, is that the Holy Spirit reveals the hidden things to us and causes our eyes to be open to the will of God and what God wants us to go after. Come on, aren't you glad today that you have a Holy Spirit dwelling in your life? Stop thinking so small and seeing so small. The Spirit sees so big. Amen. We need to have confidence that we can do it. I love when he said, you have little strength. But come on, I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me. You can do all things. There's nothing you can't do with In the name of Jesus. And so we need to take courage. I want you to see this. You're going to have to have courage if you're going to go into the opportunity that God sets before you. Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians 16 9, he says, For a great and effective door has been opened to me. Watch, and there are many adversaries. Do you see that? Is that up there? (laughs) For a great and effective door has been opened to me. So Jesus said, I open doors. I'm opening doors all the time in your life. And you know what Paul said? I looked through the door and I saw nothing but trouble. And you know what happens to us when we see nothing but trouble? We say, oh, that must not be God's will. Oh, no. It's God's will. Because Jesus said, when I open the door, no man can shut it. And you may be facing adversaries. You may be facing potential problems. You may be facing difficulty. You may see already some issues that are going to really explode in your face. Just keep on walking. Come on. Just keep on going through. See, again, I want to encourage us Christians because here's what we do. We sit down. And then we just soak in all of this Word, and all this promise. I just wonder what Jesus wants to do through my life. And we look over, we see that door cracked over there. We're like, well, that's not it. <laughs> and we look over there, we see that door a little bit over. open. Well, that's not it. And we soak and we soak and we soak. And you know what you do when you soak? You get sour if you don't get wrung out a little bit. Come on. And so we need to see I, you. God has given you golden opportunities. He's given you gifts. He's given you opportunities. Here's, Here's another thing that I want to talk about. To live our potential in Christ. L speaks that we need to live the life. Everybody say the life. We need to live the life God expects of us. Now the parable says that the first two servants took what was given to them and they went out, and they doubled it, and they brought it back. But the one talent man hid his bag of gold in the ground. The first two lived the life the master wanted them to live. But the other missed the life that God had intended for him. Come on. Let me but my... Come on. Can I get a good amen? Two lived it. One did not live the life God expected. Amen. I'll wait just a second. So, what does Jesus say? John 10.10 The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come. That you may have life, and that you may have it more abundantly. we say abundantly. God wants you and I to walk in the super abundant life. Now listen, having life abundantly doesn't mean you don't encounter the thief still. The thief is still out there, he comes against us, he attacks us, he diverts us, he tries to discourage us, to deceive us. But Jesus said, don't focus on the first half of this verse, focus on the latter half. I've come that you might have life. I want you to live. I want you to live the life that I've come to give to you. And so, according to this passage in Matthew chapter 28, when talking about the people that were given the bags of gold, we, we see what is required in order to live the life God wants for us. I'm going to give them to you in two words. It won't come up on the screen. But the first word is faithfulness. Everybody say faithfulness. faithfulness. And then fearlessness. fearlessness. Okay, faithfulness. Let's talk about that for just a moment. Let me, let me read these words to you again. Matthew 25, 20, and 21. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. You entrusted me with $3,500,000. That's a lot of money. See, I have gained five more. Isn't that awesome? His master said, good job. Well done. Good and what? Faithful Faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come on. Come on into my happiness. I mean, I'd be happy if somebody doubled my money like that. So this, this idea of faithfulness. Everybody say faithfulness. Okay, so this is an important word. Now, when I looked up in the dictionary and the thesaurus, that's a hard word to say, thesaurus, okay, sorry, uh, I looked it up, and here are some synonyms. Loyal, dependable, uh, trustworthy. That's what we think of when we think of the word faithful. That's not all. According to Jesus' parable, faithfulness isn't that I... Just grind through, and I'm just there no matter whatever happens, and maybe good things happen bad. That's not the idea of the faithfulness here. The idea of faithfulness here is fruitfulness, multiplication. Come on. See, a lot of Christians got this idea well, at least I'm showing up to church, and at least I'm reading my Bible, and at least I'm, you know, tithing to the church, and, and we're just being faithful. Well, that's not Jesus. That's not what he was saying to this guy when he was being faithful. He was saying, here's your faithfulness. You're taking what I've invested into you and you're turning it around and you're bringing back to me a return that doubles what I gave to you. That's faithfulness. Amen. Whew. Come on now. Did you come out to hear this on this beautiful Sunday morning? This is what you're getting. Amen. True faithfulness isn't just going through the motions. It's multiplying. It's not just holding the fort. A lot of us Christians got that idea. Well, this world is evil and we're just waiting for Jesus. Just hold the fort. Everybody show up. Everybody do your little part and just kind of hold the fort. No, it's about expanding the kingdom. This is partly why we're out here doing this. I know it seems like, what in the world? But partly is to be a visual presence. Amen. 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 Praise God. Let's talk about fearlessness. So, I want you to read, now look at these words with me. We're talking about how to live the life that God expects. He expects faithfulness, which really means multiplying, multiplication. Fearlessness. Now look at what Matthew chapter 25, verses 24 and 25 say. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid. Everybody say, I was afraid. This guy said, I was afraid. And I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, look, there. You got back what's yours. He said, I was afraid. This guy said, I was afraid. You know what Satan loves to do? He loves to get us all wrapped up in fear to prevent us from stepping out in our gifts and walking through the doors, the open doors of opportunity. He wants to get us all bound up by fear. And become afraid. And this is what he does. He wants to get us in the fear of self-doubt. We want you to doubt yourself? Anybody ever thought, you know, like I want to, I want to do something for God, and I think, I think maybe we should. I'm going to do this, and then we start thinking about it. Because if you think too long, you'll think your way right out of some of this stuff. Amen. But we start thinking about it, and then we think, oh, I don't want to do the wrong thing. Anybody ever? You know, I think sometimes we, we focus way too much on is it right or wrong. And really, the, Jesus wants us to think like, do I go right or left? Amen. But we're all bound up. Is this right? Or is it wrong? I don't want to do the wrong thing. I do the wrong thing. I really could screw up the kingdom of God. Let me tell you something. You're not that big. I mean, you're important, but God is a redeemable God. He's a God who can fix and repair our flub up. And let me tell you, you flubbed up quite a few times. And he's already taken good care of you. Come on, can I get an amen? It's not, is it right or wrong? It's, do I go left or right? But go. You see, self-doubt is, we're, here, here's the problem. We're afraid of doing the wrong thing. So we do nothing. This has got to stop. I'm telling you, we live in a world right now that needs Christians to be Christian. Amen. And to walk into this broken, hurting, devastated world with the life of Jesus. To live the life that Jesus expects us to live. Amen. Amen. He wants to get us wrapped up in self-doubt. He wants to get us wrapped up in self-pity, the fear of self-pity. Some of us are so hung up on the, the on poor choices and mistakes we made in the past. And I've already said it, but let me say it again: God is a redeemable God. He is a God who can, you know, if I make a wrong move, He's good. He's He's going to be there for you. Amen. And if you stay close enough, you'll hear Him more and more, and you'll get you you'll keep in step with the Holy Spirit. We've all messed up here and there in our life, and maybe we, we rushed into things, but I'm, I'm telling you, I think we, I would rather, well, I don't, I don't really want to own a horse, but I'd rather say giddy, I'd rather say woe than giddy up. I've heard a rancher or farmer say that. <laughs> you want a horse with some life in it, that's what I'm trying to say. Not that you're a horse. <laughs> so he, he gets us wrapped up in the fear of self-doubt, self-pity. How about self-conscience? He gets us all wrapped up in self-conscious, like afraid of what others are going to think. If I say that I'm going to do this, what are people going to think that I think I am? Who gives a fly and flip what they think? Now, I mean honestly. Noah said, I'm going to build an ark because God told me to build an ark. All of society scorned him, mocked him, laughed at him. Amen. Amen. Can I get a good amen out there? People can be stupid, but that's no excuse for you and me not to live up to our full potential. Amen. So, you've got gold in you. You're golden. Amen. You have God's gifts. God-given opportunities. The God-given abundant life of Jesus that requires faithfulness and fearlessness. And then the D stands for destiny. Everybody say destiny. destiny. We need to reach for the destiny, for the destiny that God has planned for each of us. So the master called his stewards to himself. And when they came and brought back all that they had made for him, the first two anyway, the, the five and two talent man, men, he said, come and share in your master's happiness. That, that was the master's destiny. I want you to come and partake of all that I had for you because this was just a test. Can I tell you that this life right now is just a test? Not only is it just a test, it's a trust. Hear me. This is a test. Are you going to step up to the plate and believe the Lord and do His will? But He's also, it's a trust in this. He's entrusted to you the ability and the wealth and the power and the strength to do it because this life that we have right now is not all there is. There is an eternity that God is preparing for every one of us. Come on. There's more beyond this life. And so the Lord wants us to step up and he and He's He said, I want you to come. He's, he said to those who went out and made more, He said, I want you to enter into my joy, come into my come into my happiness. But the unfaithful steward, when he brought his nothing, well, which it was it was a lot, it was what the master gave him, but he didn't do anything with it. What did the master call that person? Wicked and lazy. Yow. <laughs> Wicked and lazy. Now, I'm going to say it clearly. I'm not going to mince any words. How many of you love Jesus? Amen. How many of you know that Jesus loves you? Amen. But you need to know he's not afraid to say what the truth is. Amen. And if I don't do with my life what Jesus saved me, to do the word is wicked and lazy, amen. That's tough, and so the money was taken from him and given to the man with five talents. And here's what Jesus said in Matthew 25, 29, and 30. He says, For to everyone, who has, more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away. Then he said, cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Outer darkness is not what the master wanted for that servant. That's not, that was not the master's destiny. That was not his will. That is not what he wanted for that person. But outer darkness is a picture of being out of the light, not enjoying the benefits and the pleasures of God's kingdom and God's will in the earth and in the in ultimate kingdom. And so this man lost his destiny. This wasn't God's plan. And I want to remind you today that God's destiny He has a unique purpose and destiny for your life. God has a plan for you. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, look at these words. For we are His workmanship. I want to stop right there. In the Greek language, that word literally means we are His work of art. God is an artist. How many of you know that today? And He has developed and designed and shaped you. And even through the brokenness of our experiences in life, it wasn't good what we experienced, but God works all things together for good to them that love Him and are the called according to His purpose. So He can redeem our broken lives and even ultimately take those areas of brokenness and weave them into the fabric of what He's creating us to be. Isn't that awesome, come on! Our God is a great God; Amen. He is a good God. So He takes all of our brokenness, and He still may, He still has a destiny for us. He still has a plan for our life. And so, let me finish this out: For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Listen, until you are recreated in Jesus spiritually, you'll never see and know what God ultimately designed you for. People don't fully walk into God's purpose and plan for their life until they come to the cross submitting their soul to Jesus Christ. Because it says here, you were created in Christ Jesus. For good works. Everybody say good works. works. Do you believe in good works? Yeah. Yeah, we do. We know good works don't save our soul. But good works are what Save people do. Amen. Come on now, don't shut down on me out there. Can I get a good amen? amen? Which God, look at this, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So God, a long time before you ever were, God had a plan and a destiny for your life. Amen. And, and I, don't, I don't say this, um, I'm not trying to be mean-spirited, but for some of us, it's not, what we're, it's not where we're at presently but that can change. That's been true of me even as a child of God. There have been times in my life I've not been walking in and, under, and and walking out what I what I feel like God has called me to, but you know we can we can shape up. Come on. We can get back on track. Anybody here ever been derailed spiritually? Or am I the only one? Come on, you can get back on the tracks. You know, keep on trucking. Amen. And so, how do, I, how do I walk this out? How do I do this real quickly? In fact, can I get some piano music up here? Here's, here's how we do this. Here, here's how you arrive at your destiny. You ready for this? This won't come up on the screen. Start right now. How am I going to get to my destiny? Well, get up and start moving. Amen. Amen. Whatever that looks like, maybe for some of us it's just getting up in the morning, early, no. Uh, it's just getting up in the morning and opening our Bible and spending some quality time with Jesus. Maybe that's, what, that's where it all begins for some of us. Maybe taking 5, 10, 15 minutes out of our day and just talking to the Lord and just saying, Okay, Lord, sometimes I feel like I know you, sometimes I don't feel like I see you or feel you, but I'm, I know that you are. And I'm going to cry out to you. And, just, and, and then it's, you know, what, maybe the church stands up here and says, hey, we got some you know, opportunities. And you say, well, instead of saying, oh, that's not me, say, you know what? Why not give it a shot? Right. Or maybe you have a neighbor that lives across the street from you. Just, just start communicating with them. Just talk about anything and everything. And eventually, maybe, maybe a door will open up and a relationship will develop yeah. and the, Jesus can be shared. We just got to start now. Don't put off for tomorrow what you can start doing today. Amen. Well, I'm waiting to get through summer. And then I'll start doing all this. No, you don't. God is not on summer vacation. Amen. Come on. Now you take your vacation. That's good. But God doesn't stop. I want you to see this verse of scripture. Ezra chapter 10, verse 4. Rise up. This matter is in your hands. We will support you. So take courage and do it. I love those words. Just get up. This matter is in your hands. You know, the people were really sad and sorry about their sin and Ezra was in Seeking the face of God down on the ground, praying for the people. And they all came in because they had all been out there outside of where Ezra was. And they fell under conviction. And they were really sad and sorry about their sin and their rebellion against God. And they came in to where he was praying and they said, Ezra, get up. This matter is in your hands. Help us, get us back on track. And that's God's word to us today. Maybe we're sad or sorry about what we maybe haven't been investing our lives into. It's not too late to change it. Amen. Amen. You can start now. Get up. Everybody say get up. He said arise. Arise. This matters. Listen, God wants you to know this matters in your hands. This is up to you now. You can do something or you can just sit there and say not today. And that's fine. Well, it's not really, but the matter's in your hands. Let me just let me just say this final word. I've already said this a little bit. To reach your destiny, the very first thing you have to do if you've never done it is surrender your life to Jesus. God has a destiny for your life. He has a purpose and a plan. But the only way that you and I are ever going to encounter it is by su- submitting our heart to the Lord Jesus Christ who died on a cross for our sin he went, to, he went to Calvary because I was a sinner needing salvation and as good as I think that I am I'm not good enough nobody is there was only one that was good and his name was Jesus and everything he did he did it for you and he did it for me and if I'm ever going to step into what God has for me The very first thing i got to do is, essentially, you don't have to do it here, it's a pretty dirty floor, but we have to bow our heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, surrender our life to Him, and say, Jesus, come into my heart, save me, redeem my life. And I know most of us here probably today would confess that we are Christians, but there might be somebody here that you're not sure of that today. But you can be sure of that today. You can pray a simple prayer of repentance and inviting Jesus to come into your heart, which is basically acknowledging, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. I know that I've committed sin. I know that I've rebelled. And I think I'm a good person, and I think sometimes I'm, I'm better than that person, so that'll get me to heaven. But that, I know in my knower, that is not my salvation. Jesus, forgive me. Simple. Things like this. Words like this. Jesus, forgive me. Come into my heart. Take over my life. I want to be who you designed me to be. I want to do what you have called me to do. Amen. Amen. Could you stand with me right now? Can I have my wife Julie and Sean and Kevin and some uh, maybe Rich and Carol and you guys want to come up, maybe just be available to pray with people. Um, Today I'm just going to, we're going to end the service here, but today if you need prayer on about anything that either I talked about or maybe you need a healing touch of Jesus today, don't leave the tent today without getting prayer if you need something. And if it's, I would especially encourage anyone that maybe you're struggling with the will of God for your life. I felt impressed in this, like you, that this might stir up. What is God's will for me? What does God want to do in my life, with my life? I've had these thoughts, but is this from God? Well, let some people pray for you. Let them pray with you. And I believe God will give us clarity of understanding. Amen. Amen. Can we would you feel comfortable and join me lifting our hands to, to the Lord under this tent? Lord, we love you in this place. You are so, so worthy of our praise and adoration. Thank you for giving us another beautiful Sunday morning. Thank you, God, for letting us enjoy this great outdoors that you've given to us. And Father, I just pray today that we would not leave here and leave the word behind. But God, that we would leave with the word, take it with us. And Lord, that we would hide your word in our heart, but not hide your gold in the ground. I pray, God, that your word would be life-changing, life-transforming. God, that you would move in a mighty way over all of our hearts and all of our lives. God, touch everyone as we go out. I pray, Lord, that we would be a light in the darkness over this city of Butte. Lord, we pray for Butte, Montana. We pray that you would bless this city, bless this people draw these hearts and lives close to you, all of this whole region of Southwest Montana. God, bring a revival and an awakening, we pray. We love you, Jesus, in your glorious name. And everybody says amen.